0: And my podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast.
1: Fruity, oh Rudy, Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy. That's my mean jean tribute. That's great. And I'm not selling one fucking t-shirt. Welcome to Tights and Fights, <laughs> the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hallie Jolly birthday boy Hal Lublin. Today is my day.
2: Wait, today's your birthday? Yeah. You suck. Why didn't you tell me when I came in and didn't say happy birthday? I'm
1: not I'm not the person who's like, hey, it's my birthday. Hey, everybody, it's my birthday. I just expect you to know and make today all about me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, how,
1: that's how deep the ego runs, people. And I am joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the notorious D-A-N-Yell Radford. <laughs> Radford. Hi, Danielle.
2: Radford, hello.
1: Lindsay Kelk, out at two. Wait, what? What? Kick out at two. Oh, I, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> Lindsay Kelk out I mean, at two. It is see, two. I missed it. I missed it. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize what it was. I'm sorry. Jeez. It's and our good. special guest, host of the I Can Talk K podcast, it's Dusk Before Sean Marrick. Welcome to Tights and Fights, Sean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh thank you for having me guys. It's uh really excited to be here and uh, I was I'm I'm pleased to get a a Julian nickname that uh that really makes me happy.
1: This is huge. <laughs> now, I I'm just learning there are other wrestling podcasts and yours is one. So, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your wrestling fandom. When did you start? What are you watching now? Who do you love? Who who's oh. not your cup of tea?
3: So, I have been a wrestling fan for a very long time, I remember watching WWF when I was a boy of six. You know, Hogan getting turned on by Paul Orndorff and getting WrestleMania 3 on pay-per-view. And wrestling's always been a part of my, 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 just me, Uh, for forever. I'm always, I'm like the wrestling guy. You know, when people are like, hey, Sean, who's, you know, who's still alive? Who's do, Who's wrestling? Who's this? Who's that? I mean, I'm the guy they ask about. That's just my vibe, you know, but I love watching stuff on YouTube. You know, I I like to find weird, uh, obscure matches from stuff from the 80s and 90s. I'm I'm just my aesthetic is just like a lot of like random wrestlers and stuff. So I'm just I'm very uh, I'm very all over the place when it comes to that. Perfect. You're going to fit right in.
1: I like it. (laughs) We have a lot of fun stuff to get into, but let's go ahead and address the red and yellow elephant in the room. Fuck this. I hate that we have to talk about this. I, hate, I know we do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what happened and then be quiet, and then a half hour later when Danielle's done, we'll get to <laughs> the rest of the podcast. <laughs> WWE brought Hulk Hogan back to pay tribute to Mean Gene Okerlund and sell a bunch of his T-shirts in a setting they didn't expect him to be booed in.
2: Sorry, I'm just clearing my throat. I, I watched you. I'm just, get, I'm just getting ready. I,
1: my favorite thing... Uh, me,
2: me, 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 me,
1: Yeah. Also very frustrating for me is watching <laughs> watching my friends bang their heads against brick walls like I was watching you. You know, you made a very sensible statement about how ridiculous it is that they were like, "Sale on red and yellow shirts. And then some dude who is a wrestler somewhere who I presume listens to the podcast had to jump out. Or I was out. just
2: like retweeted into his timeline. Yeah. Because I got was,
1: retweeted by some folks. Yeah. I was like, oh, WWE. Like they, 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 they did you watch it? Completely took up a different point. Just drove me crazy.
2: Yeah, so, there was one dude who I guess he was like, I hate to have to school someone I'm a fan of. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you actually need to worry actually, about. Actually,
4: I will pay money to uh, watch that showdown take place if he would and like me to arrange that for him. <laughs>
1: what did that white man say?
4: <laughs> um, You know, just the same,
2: like, he apologized several times. You know. It's the same that everyone always says, what more does he have to give? What more does he have to do? It was a racially charged private moment. I mean, obviously PewDiePie um, saying the N-word while playing a game is trash. But for people to compare a like minutes long diatribe about how much he doesn't want black skin touching his white daughter, while also saying the N-word, and also saying, I am racist. And people were like, you took it out of context. How the fuck am I taking <laughs> I am racist fucking niggers out of context? And then when I show them the context, they're like, you know, uh, well,
4: uh, 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 uh. Uh. No, but it's true. I I think I I had some similar conversations with some delightful people on the internet due to some retweeting of other people, I think. And it's like, I've honestly got more respect for the people like, I just don't care. I love him. than the people that try and apologize out of it and make the people who have an issue with it, the assholes. Just say. I got so many messages from people saying like, you're shitting on me and Gene, you're missing an incredible tribute to a great man. I'm like, yeah, no, I am. Like, that's not lost on me. I'm sad about that. But like, I'm not gonna watch this. You know, and it's like, exactly, Lindsay. Just
2: say that you don't care. I don't care whether or not you care, but don't yell at me for fucking caring. I don't care that you don't care because I don't know you. And there was one dude who was like, "Well, I'm black and I don't care," and I'm like, "I don't care." And he's like, "Well, Booker T wants him back. Why aren't you addressing that?" Booker T doesn't speak for all black people, my dude. And you would think, as a black person who's arguing that you should be allowed to have your own opinion, that you would understand that. If he was even black, I did not bother to Google image search the 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 thing to see if it was one of those like, you know, stolen pictures that they use for. Mm. Black folks when they want to pretend to be black on the internet.
1: Ed Norton's character from American History X did more to repair his image and and to make tone for what he to atone for what he did than Hogan has. And I think it's I, I, this is not blame on WWE, but if that's my company, I lay out a very clear like if you ever want to come back, here is the path. The biggest missed opportunity that everybody has is become a lesson. Admit that you're a lesson. Learn the lesson, and then teach mm. other people.
2: Exactly. And. Not only that, he was like, you can put out the apology all day, but if you're spending the rest of your time when you're you're not putting out apologies, retweeting people who are calling it stupid, retweeting people who are defending you and saying, I don't care, I don't care, I still love Hulk, I still love Hulk. Like, and only focusing on those things and not actually properly addressing what happened, it's not a real apology. How am I supposed to take that seriously when you spend the rest of your 23-7 actively going out and making sure that you're posting about how much everyone loves you and how this is stupid and we should all move on
3: first of all terry stinks or i'm sorry terrence stinks uh, <laughs> terrence. i call him i call him terrence because uh hulk hogan and terry are nicknames and nicknames are for friends and hulk hogan is no friend of mine i like that i just it really frustrates me that we're in an age of like nobody wanted to be accountable for anything and i you think he should have went ahead and been more accountable and been more public about his accountability. And it feels like WWE and Hulk Hogan himself don't see it that way. And they kind of put this thing where, you know, here he is to tribute Gene, and we want him to, you know, we kind of want you guys to remember the good times. It's like, but, you know, he said these things, and it's just... I don't know how they. I just. It's just frustrating that they they're ignoring it, or at least not making more of an effort to make him more accountable. You know, like like as, uh, you know, as Hal as you said, you know, there's a path that should be taken.
2: Yeah I'll say one last thing before I'm done with the yelling and this is I think kind of at the heart of it and why those of us who are so upset are so upset exactly what you said Sean we he was like I was also a Hogan fan you guys Hulk Hogan was also a part of my childhood he was a part of everyone's childhood whether you were actively watching wrestling Likewise. at that time or not all of us were sad and you know as of as god uh fucking as the intersection of being a black fan of WWE, a woman fan of WWE, a queer fan of WWE. It's like, this isn't me just being angry because I want to be angry. This is like heartbreak. This is like, this is this thing that has come to represent one of the most beautiful, dumb, awesome, ridiculous things that I love in my life. And they are the ones who represent it. And time and again, they are making it clear that they really don't give a fuck about fans like me. And that sucks and it breaks my heart. Um, and that's really at at the end of it. And it, it sucks that something that should have been so beautiful and so pure and just like a uh, send-off for someone who did such a great job in this business had to be overshadowed by such absolute
3: trash. Why Why is it that they had to have him come out to do this when they already had a beautiful video package ready to go? Like, I mean, there's people, there's wrestlers that, left us, and they didn't do, they didn't have, you know, other legends and people come out to...
4: But yeah, but those people did not provide a pathway to sneak that motherfucker back onto our screen. Right,
3: exactly. And and that's, that's what's-
4: I just don't believe there's any other reason for it other than that. Like, they just... WWE relied upon the grace of the people who were too good of a human to shit on something for Mean Gene to sneak this fucker back on TV. You
3: know what's also kind of bogus is that uh, the ratings went up apparently. I don't know if, of
4: course they did. Yeah, they went up you know, in the face did.
3: of the the national championship game. So now, you know that that who knows what that's yeah, good. They open have the proof now.
4: That's all they need. He'll be back. That's it. He's back now. That's what they needed. Ugh. They needed an excuse, and that was the excuse.
3: All right, let's let's
1: let's uh move on. Before we all lose our minds.
2: (laughs) If only only WWE could move on.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about some things from New Japan.
2: Yay!
1: Live in the Tokyo Dome, Meltzer gave what I just said 12 stars. (laughs) The night also appeared to be the swan song for the Golden Elite slash Bullet Club in Japan as the story of the night was them losing their titles, presumably on the way out. So you had the Young Bucks losing the IWGP tag titles. Who
3: watched? I watched. You watched? I, I watched. I got a New Japan World subscription specifically for this. Uh because yeah. It's avail- Yay,
4: $9.99. Yeah, because
3: it's available on uh, Amazon Fire Stick. So I was like, and it's something that's been on my list for a long time. And I was like, hot damn. I got my opportunity to, to impress my favorite show and talk about <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a shoot, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just excited to to talk about this because I don't watch. I don't. I have a cursory knowledge of New Japan, you know. And I I know who the names are. I know who people are. But I've never. I don't actually get a chance to watch this stuff. So this was uh, a unique experience for me.
2: Oh, what did you think? Is your first time watching it?
3: Yeah. As far as like a, I mean, I've seen New Japan matches before, but I haven't watched like a full show like this, like the full eight hundred hour show. Oh so boy. Um, it is a
2: lot of wrestling.
3: It's a lot of wrestling. I think we ask a lot of ourselves to to watch as much <laughs> wrestling sometimes, but it was interesting. And I, the the ambiance, uh, just the, the the presentation was great. They have really good camera work. I think there was some good announcing, and particularly in some matches, that was it was really good. The English announcing and. I don't know if it's stuff that's necessarily like if you took that and placed it in a WWE, that it would be like, you know, immediately over. But it's something Mm -hmm. that I would like to see worth like to see being tried. You know, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Lindsay, what do you think?
4: I really enjoyed it. I made some snacks and settled in (laughs) because it is long. She also ditched out on me. No, she hurt herself. I did, I did. No, she well, heard I'm look, joking. An old lady went to the gym because I want to be as jacked as Julian <laughs> and I was lifting heavy things. Oh, well, see, there and... was your first yeah. mistake. No one's as jacked as Julian. You know what no, I mean? that's the ideal. I should have just called Julian and been like, bro, what do you lift? I will try a quarter. Uh, and I messed up. I messed up, put my back out like the old lady that I am. So, yeah, I had to watch from the comfort of the floor of my living oh, room because I couldn't even sit on the couch. Oh. Uh, it's fine, I have muscle relaxants. They were delicious. <laughs> um, but we which I hope many of the people from the Wrestle Kingdom were saying the following day, because shit. Um, I really loved it. The (laughs) Ibushi Osprey match was, I loved it so much until the end. And then I was just like, please, can Ibushi leave one match with his head attached to his shoulders? I'd love that. Why was
3: that an ending Um, like that? Oh, my God.
4: Oh, it was awful. It was because he was out. He was gone. And it was just like, oh, I don't like it. Um, I thought the show was really interesting. I think it was such a it's gonna be such an interesting transition. as Hal mentioned. it looks like it's the end of um, well, now we know more, but um the end of the elite at least being in new Japan um and they're making these huge moves into the u s. but so much of their success here has been based on them having u s guys. You know, they've announced all these shows here, and I think this was a great. Jumping off point for them, but I am fascinated to see how that develops. Because if they're going to be without Kenny, without Cody, without the Bucks, uh, it's going to be a really interesting ride for them. So this kind of felt like the end of an era, the beginning of a new one. Yeah, and I think me. it's uh,
2: I think it's great that they did take the time to put over like newer talent or or other talent that yes. maybe hasn't shown as much. Next, we have on the thing to talk about the Juice versus Cody match and i think that that's again it's them i mean you know the dreadlocks are sad
4: but <laughs> they're, they're... <laughs> dreadlocks are sad and i think they struggled because cody was obviously working injured which yeah. yeah i think it was a match that needed to be really good and they were so hampered with what they could achieve physically that i don't think it was the best match on the card which kind of made me sad because we've moved so far from three-star cody and then it was like guess who's back uh, but he has no choice like he's injured he can't do his big spot it is so. nice to
2: know that even like an injured cody is still at least three-star cody
3: <laughs> yeah can, can i present the question though because I, I, I this is the first time probably watching a cody match is he do we like him as much as a wrestler or do we like him more as a enterprising individual in wrestling
4: no. I think it is it is a package to me. I think he is all of it. W- one part on its own isn't enough. So I love being the elite Cody. I love in-ring Cody as he has gotten so much better. I feel like working right. with Kenny and working with the Bucks has lifted his game immeasurably. But I do think he needs all of it to be what he is right now. Yeah, it's kind of a... I wouldn't even necessarily say like a
2: jack-of-all-trades, master of none, because like he is really, really good at so many different parts of the business. But yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think that... I agree with Lindsay like it's definitely like you have to have all of that together like he's you know man this is going to be a terrible comparison but he's like bread you know like you can't just have like you can't just have the wheat off the shaft. you can't just eat a shit ton of salt you can't just have the eggs if there are eggs in your bread like you need the whole thing together and then it makes like you know a beautiful marbled loaf of some kind I don't know how bread works I
1: I will say that, that dashing Cody Rhodes wasn't a household name now in, in the wrestling no. world, he has he has taken on his branding and and worked to sort of push the business in a new direction, at least stateside, in a way yeah. that very few people can. This isn't Or
2: would even think they could. Yeah. To even yeah. dream that you could do the things
4: that he does. Just the Hutzpah. Yeah.
3: And also so
2: just the I, amount of time. What he achieved
4: in New Japan was insane. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In the same amount of time, the, the amount of time he's been in New Japan, what he has achieved is bonkers Like, how do you go from when he first showed up and people were like huh cody in new japan and then it's like oh cody's leaving new japan and it's like oh my god
3: Uh, i just want to make a point out too it's my first time seeing uh juice robinson do his thing outside of being cj parker and uh (laughs) you know i'm actually glad he doesn't do that buffalo bill from the silence of the lambs dance anymore (laughs) uh that he's doing NXT because i was you know he's an interesting character you know he's uh he's got a great look and he's just i i I don't know if his wrestling is the best but i mean you know he's he's definitely changed you know and i i'm 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 glad that he's going to be sticking around there because apparently he just resigned with them and uh he's yeah hopefully he'll be more you know he'll take over that you know some of those spots that are, are that are open now
4: Hopefully. They've got some work to do there because they spent the entire summer and the entire G1 burying him. Like he lost to everyone. And then as soon as he defended his belt, he lost that too. So I think they do have some work to do putting him back together. You know, I, he has so much potential. I just want to know where they're going next. Like I'm so interested as to what comes next after all these matches.
1: That's kind of the great thing when the house clears out a little bit and a bunch of people leave mm-hmm. is you, now, it's, now it's next person up and you have to build stars. You have yep. to build stars, yep. and even if you're bringing in somebody from somewhere else, you have to build them up in your promotion. And I think that that's something that that New Japan has certainly shown the ability to do over the years. It's not like they just put themselves on the map with the young bucks mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, and Cody
3: yeah. Rhodes. They were with, with the good thing too is they have guys like uh, Tanahashi and Okada that are you know and uh, Naito who are just you know top tier workers. You know that uh, you know for
2: ridiculous yeah
3: <laughs> you know so they're there and they're you know i mean those guys i mean you put you know some of these newer talents with these you know with the with these established guys and it's like they're gonna learn they're gonna get better you know i mean that that's what's shown yeah. with cody you know and you know and juice but yeah
4: yeah i mean they're obviously putting it all on jay white which is is a big statement to have him go over Okado is like I was very surprised.
1: Where do you think they go from there?
4: I don't know. I mean, he won again at New Year's Dash the next day in the tag match. Um, yeah, like it's like really pretty definitive wins. <laughs> yeah, he's getting the the, the big old uh, push. He's, he's been rocket strapped to speak in the parlance of another podcast that doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I, I would love to have a lovely chat with Gato and be like, what's that all about? I don't know. I'm not the biggest Jay White fan, so I'm being... I'm being petty, Um, but I I see the potential. uh, Yeah,
3: they did a good job with the during this match uh, putting over the story about why he you know about why Gato and Jay were aligned and how what this meant for Okada and you know in his match and I you know I I don't know if necessarily I am feeling jay white uh I, again this is my first experience actually watching a match of his so i think he's a interesting experiment for some reason i wrote down sexy billy kidman in leather as a, a description of him um <laughs> oh man I'm sure now i'm never gonna it. unsee it <laughs> yeah, but but it's like i don't know exactly what his character is but at the same time you know i mean he's you know he's he's an interest you know it, it should be interesting to yeah. see him on the on the come up
4: yeah they did a good job i thought of of telling a story as to why Okada might not be at his full speed, but while still making Jay look strong, I thought the announcers did a lot of legwork on this one, even though it was a great match. I I enjoyed watching it. I was really excited to see Rainmaker Okada back, as much as I loved Crazy Bonkers. Oh, man,
3: they love the the no pants.
4: (laughs) People need pants. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the match. I'm just like, I don't want to watch Jay White take the place of all my wrestle friends, but that's on me, and I will work through it. And like you say, I still have Tanahashi and Okada and Naito to enjoy, so it's all good.
1: So speaking of your wrestle friends who who may no longer be in New Japan, Kenny Omega drops the IWGP Heavyweight Title to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, we touched on it briefly. How do you feel this would rank? If if this is indeed his last match, part of me feels like maybe he will resign. Probably not, but it just feels like when you when all the reports are definitively saying, well, that was his last match. I'm always, i I'm automatically trained as a fan to go, no way. Uh, was this a, a good swan song for him in that promotion?
2: If this was his last match, which I, I'm also not super convinced that it is, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Because I feel like every time after a Wrestle Kingdom, they're always like, Kenny's leaving soon, Kenny's leaving soon, Kenny's leaving soon. Um, if this was his last match... I think it was, I I think it was a a great match. I think it was a perfectly good way for him to leave. Um, But I mean, at any point until he decides to like stop wrestling, when Kenny leaves anywhere, you're always going to feel like he had more to give. Mm -hmm. Kenny, our expectations for him are very, very high um, because he is so amazing, I guess is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, it was hard for me to enjoy it as much as last year's, not because it wasn't a good match and not because Tanahashi isn't incredible, because it was amazing to see him. And again, I think the commentators did such a good job of of putting this match together and selling it to us for the story of it. But because I was so invested in the Kenny Okada storyline for like a year, for more than a year... That had it gave you so much more because this is what I think New Japan does better than anyone else. They tell these long long, long term stories. and I've been invested in that for so long, whereas I've been invested in this for such a short time in comparison. I mean, compared to a WWE storyline, it was like you know fucking war and peace. but um, <laughs> I I just didn't feel as involved, and I was so surprised to see Kenny lose his belt so quickly. But yeah, there's still so many stories to tell. I, I, I am. It's the first time in a very long time. I'm like, where's he gonna go? Just tell me, Um because <laughs> he still has story here. He could have story at AEW. He could have story in at WWE. But by all accounts, they've made him a very generous offer. We'll see. The only problem with going to All Elite for him for me is like. What's he going to do there versus what he's going to do at WWE? He's
3: already wrestled everybody, it feels like, at AEW.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to pull someone new out of the hat, right? Like, I feel like that's what they would have to do. But, I mean, this is an exciting time to be in wrestling, to not only not know what's happening in WWE, but to not know what's happening across multiple promotions. How exciting is that? How great is that for us right now?
3: It feels like the 90s when, like, you didn't know what's going to happen. You know, people are jumping ship and doing different things, like... I don't know. I just I, I kind of like uncertainty in my wrestling sometimes.
4: <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. competition nice. is it's a just, good thing. We're not used yeah. to it anymore, right? Yeah, it's great.
1: It's going to be so weird when Cody introduces Lex Luger.
4: Anyway, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on the things we've
1: talked about so far at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the reason that the elite are leaving New Japan. You're listening to Tights and Fights.
0: Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to it. Boy, I'll say. You know, a lot of people, Ben and Adam,
3: might not initially watch a war movie podcast.
4: What's in it for me? They say. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what's in it for you. What's <laughs> in it for you is a biting socio-political commentary, uh, scattered dick and fart Play jokes. <laughs>
3: And a lot of history. Like, there's the depicted wars, but also the history of the time period that these films were made and released.
4: They're very telling. So download Friendly Fire every Friday from your favorite podcatcher.
0: Or MaximumFun.org. Whoa. Good God, Tides and Podcast.
1: Welcome back to and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by
2: Danielle Radford
1: and Lindsay Kelp and Sean Merrick. Last week was the confirmation that all elite wrestling was real and would be launching sometime this year. And after the rally from the new company this week, we know a lot more about it. Cody Rhodes has announced equal pay for men and women. A new show coming up in May and the involvement of stars like Pac, Hangman Page, Britt Baker and this man. I'm Chris Jericho, and I am all-in with All Elite Wrestling! Surprise! Fine, I'll fucking watch your show. (laughs) Jesus, Cody. (laughs) Jesus. I get it. I get it. Your courting of me has worked. I will go watch Chris Jericho wrestle in your promotion, for goodness sakes. That's right. Fresh Mm -hmm. off of losing the Intercontinental title to Tetsuya Naito, Chris Jericho is officially signed with an American company that's not WWE. The one thing he told us he would never do. I can't believe a wrestler said they wouldn't do something, Uh and then they didn't. (laughs) I mean, crazy. (sighs) Crazy to hear. Look, this this guy, this motherfucker, is 48 years old. Still turning out all-time <laughs> matches. True story. Keeps changing his character.
2: W- and getting so weird. It's great.
1: I, I would argue <laughs> that he is making a case and building a career that when you look back on it, even if he doesn't have 16 world titles or whatever, that I personally believe will be the, maybe the greatest wrestling career of all time. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. He's not done yet. That's what's crazy. He's 48 years old, still doing great work, and changing his character. It's certainly one of the most
3: diverse. Yeah,
1: Look, I love Ric Flair, but the Ric Flair from 1977 was the Ric Flair from 2007 will be the Ric Flair in 2037. (laughs) <laughs> just a great that's a great all-time character
2: yeah jericho's like the madonna where he's like i yes. recognize when it's time for me to switch things up he's <laughs> maybe get a new he butt is. who knows oh, he's lady gaga I he's so
4: happy <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i could do without the hat if i was being you don't want with. the hat they, well, he's a heel, a,
3: right he's kind of going through this uh you know dad figuring out his son's goth phase you know <laughs> trying to identify <laughs> kind of here see, care, see but...
2: kiddo i can wear paint too
3: it's like, hey, let's go see uh, you know, Raised in Black or something. Let's go check it out. But uh Raised in Black, Jesus. Um I gotta be a little bit of a downer here. I just had this feeling it's like, oh, Jericho's gonna show up. Everybody's thinking it's a big surprise that he signed with a company, you know, that isn't WWE and that it's all involved with everything he's been doing with as in the in the past year with New Japan and Cody and all those guys. So it doesn't really shock me that this is happening. I hate feeling skeptical about a, a promotion like this. Uh I really want I want I want to be so excited for it. But then it just part of me also feels like we're thinking about, you know, impact again and, you know, their panda energy phase and you know and then them trying to do Monday nights and do we feel that pro wrestling is enough in the zeitgeist today that this is going to be that AEW is going to be as big and as successful as we hope it's going to
4: be? See, I don't know. I think we don't really know what to expect yet. They haven't told us what to expect, right? So we know we're getting a couple of shows, but they haven't said we're going to be a weekly TV show or we're going to be two hours long or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So I think that's why I'm withholding my expectations um, and why I'm still so excited about it because I don't really know what they are yet. And I just think everyone involved is too good at what they do to fuck it up that badly. Yeah, they're doing
2: it the right way. You know, they started, I feel like laying the groundwork to let people know that they know how to tell stories with being the elite. Um, Mm -hmm. And then starting with that, I, I don't see this being one of those things where they come in, hit everything hard, trying to like be WWE day one and then flame out or lose money or whatever, I feel like they're going to do this the right way where they slowly build, you know, they haven't announced exactly what it's going to be yet, but even if it's just like one show a month that travels, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that it could work. I do not feel like Cody is going to rush to try to do a weekly show or be on TV or any of those things until the groundwork has been laid.
1: Here's, here's the issue I have, or the issue I see. When you do a show like All In or Double or Nothing, which is the next one, Mm -hmm. you have years worth of storylines and dream matches you can put out there. And people will automatically fill in everything that happened between the last time they saw this performer, which is probably pretty recently, and seeing them at this show. If you're doing a monthly show, I think from a storytelling perspective, you're gonna run out of dream matches pretty quick. How many, I I don't wanna watch 12 one night only Being the
2: elite happens every week. So if you're looking to get caught up on stuff, they have something that people are already
4: watching that will get you caught up on these storylines. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think it lives and dies on Dream Matches. I think it lives and dies on storytelling, and I know they can do that. I'm I'm not worried. I'm excited. I'm really excited. And, I mean, they've got Neville. They have Park. That's going to be interesting. Um, I'm curious to see who else shows up, who else they ended up doing um, deals with. You you guys got, like,
3: Joy Janela is there, too.
4: Yeah, yeah. So I feel, I feel really good about it. I may or may not have already booked a hotel room in Vegas.
3: That is the weekend <laughs> of my birthday, and I am. I already told my wife. I says I think I need to do this. I just I want to, I want to go. I hope there's maybe a star cast like event.
4: I'm fairly certain there'll be a fuzzy show. So I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying we should go to it. I'm just saying there's going to be one. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I booked a hotel room. My brother's coming over, Danielle. He would very much like for you to attend. <laughs> Um, personal business but yeah we're like we're, we're the Celt kids are all in on this like to quote a popular whole, previous the show the crew but i'm really excited yeah. the Celt crew yeah. yeah we're all for this
1: great well I, I certainly wish them all the luck i'm more than willing to watch it that's just more a concern than anything but it has been addressed so we shall see what happens there we do have a few things from wwe we're going to get into first of all let's go to smackdown uh, we're not going to talk about Raw anymore. We did th- we did that enough. We gave them enough airtime. Uh, Daniel Bryan opened up SmackDown, cutting this promo. This is what you people call a concession stand, but the only concessions being made are to your health and to your well-being. I mean, look at yourselves. Look at the people next to you.
2: Are you the dynamic? Mics away from that crowd. Are you happy? <laughs> How do you feel <laughs> after you eat this carbs? Do you know why you eat this?
1: Do you know why? Because you're filling Because it's form. delicious. Right. Because your lives are so empty and vacuous that you just shove candy. You shove popcorn down your throats. And that is why you cheer AJ Styles. Yeah, that's true. But also, it's my birthday. Can I have some popcorn and candy? <laughs> and, and don't put a hot dog. That hot dog is Chekhov's gun. Don't put that hot dog out in the first act and then not have somebody eating it in the third act. Why can't you have somebody
3: back there just chewing on it? Just
2: chewing on that hot uh, dog. For
3: goodness sake oh, That man. guy sold that hot dog so well. Yeah. Although although I'm surprised he's just eating a plain ass hot dog like a maniac. You was know? there <laughs> mustard on it? There was mustard. He got mustard on his shirt. Oh, there was right? there must- oh, that's right. He got mustard later. Yeah, he was very upset about the mustard on his shirt. But yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that was good stuff.
2: I love that promo. And I'm not going to lie, hearing them
4: yell Duval just made me think of The Good Place. And anything that makes me think of The Good Place (laughs) is good. I know we all agreed that next time we're at a show with Daniel Bryan, we're all throwing chicken tenders at him. Like, I just want to get that... Agreed now. Yeah. Um, Because, and and I also feel like I'm just going to walk around the streets of New York later today screaming fickle in people's faces. Yes. Yes. Because that might be my favorite part of his new. Oh,
3: oh, oh, but what about Impotent, though? That's a new, that's a good one. (laughs)
4: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I just, (laughs) oh, he's so good. He's such an angry vegan and I love him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's doing, he's doing uh, primo work. I love this version of his character. Uh, I also love the attack by Our Truth. Because it, it shows a, a linear memory of things that happened the week before, unlike the, another good place reference, Jeremy Barramy timeline of Raw, <laughs> where things sort of dash in and out of our memory. I, SmackDown seems to be doing a very good job. Part of the reason, certainly the in-ring product is spectacular, but there are good matches on Raw as well. I think what SmackDown nails is, uh, is having a long memory where things connect. You can logically see why matches are happening up and down the card.
2: Can we say this? If WWE really, really pisses us off enough, can we just devote their segment of time to The Good Place on podcasts from now on? Yes. Yes. I think
4: Raw can be the dot above the (laughs) (laughs) I. And and then we're only talking about Jeremy Bermy SmackDown. I think that's entirely fair. Yeah,
1: that's right. 100%. Uh, Also on the show, Andrade Cien Almas and Samoa Joe finally got a win over Mustafa Ali and Rey Mysterio. Mysterio, can Can we talk about Rey Mysterio's tights?
2: Yes. He's we wearing, tell,
1: it, it was amazing. He's wearing a bleached Baywatch mallet. I think is the name of that, <laughs> over pants. It was, it's the least favorite thing I've ever seen him wear.
4: I assumed it was a bet. I love it. Like, I, it was it, so stupid. Did, did he know? Did he check a mirror? Was he, I don't think he very did. drunk when he got dressed? Was it just like, fuck it, this is what I've got, let's do Booyaka, it. Yeah. I think it's those contacts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> can we talk about the Canadian Destroyer, though, by, by all means? I mean, I good lord. M-
2: then that mm-hmm. ma- oh just hook it up to my veins uh Becky Lynch
1: first of all I think the the sort of the secret MVP of that of that three-way match was Carmella I thought she was fantastic Oh man she, she looked great people sleep on her
2: They do um I think it's one of those things where it's like um when you see someone and you watch a lot of their progress, because she started really popping in NXT during a period when everyone was agreeing that NXT was, like, the best show. Whereas, like, you know, with Sasha and with... Well, not so much Becky, but really, like, Sasha and Bayley and, and, and those ladies, um, when they started... It was really during a period where like people were watching NXT, but not as many as were watching it by the time Carmella did. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's that thing of, of when you watch someone kind of go through and improve, you know, if you're like, I'm a stand up comic, you know, I do all the things I do out here. I do the good shows. I do the blah, 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 because I've been doing this for 80 million years. I go back home and I still have to like ask for stuff. Because they don't take me seriously back home mm-hmm. because I started there. And yeah. I think that that's what we did to Carmella. I think like, it feels like we watched her do all the open mics and we watched all the flubs and all the mess ups. And it can be hard sometimes to really take in, like, wow, look at the improvement. Look at how good the work is.
4: It feels like WWE doesn't want us to take her, take her seriously most of the time. You know, it's like she was champion. Mm-hmm. And then 10 seconds later, she's doing a seven second dance break. They want you to forget that she's capable
3: she can't help but to not get better because she works with people like charlotte she works with people like becky and oscar and you know she's just you know in there with the superior talent and she i mean she's
2: well let's be fair because there are people who've been working for wwe for like years and worked with a lot of top talents who yeah,
3: you're right. Have, have,
2: who have not? But, done. She, but, yeah, she's, I mean... but she's
3: been put in a very big position, you know, in a, in a pretty high level position, you know, and I think you know she's just shown that she can handle, you know, being in a top position. And th- what was the the that roll up to uh, Carmelo doing the quote of silence? I was like, man, she's just slick. She's getting slick,
1: and I like it. Yeah. That was beautiful. She's been doing that for for I think almost a year. Mm-hmm. You, there there have been a couple times where you're like, oh wow, that was a really great transition into her finish. Like yep. she gets, she has mm. sort of a natural flow to, to to how she works. And I I would say yeah that she, you know, you, when you put her in a big match, she rises to the occasion. She th- nobody's yeah. carrying her. Nope. She's she's getting in there and doing the work. And yeah. there are people who who wrestle in top matches who we all like a lot who I don't think are at that level of work and you sort of go, all right, they've hit their, they seem to have hit their ceiling in terms of what they are able to do in the ring. And that is totally fine and totally good. She feels like someone who could keep going in, in more and more directions. Like she has that, that aptitude Mm -hmm. to continue to evolve her, her in ring ability. And that's, that I think is rare. That is a rare
2: thing. I do, and I mean, I, I think that it also helps that she just has wrestling to focus on. She's not, like, doing total divas. She's not doing any of that other stuff. So in her time off, she can really be training and getting the work done.
1: Yeah. If you have any thoughts on what we've discussed here, let us know about it at facebook.com slash group slash Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, we've got four things from wrestling that we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Well, Parker panel we have just 30 seconds to prove to max on listeners that we know what the f we're talking about when it comes to pop culture all right you guys let's go famous Chris's.
3: walk in christopherson hemsworth
1: karen what's the most iconic lesbian snack
4: the
3: wings at hooters
1: the answer is fried green tomatoes. Margaret, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe missing? <laughs> My interest. Winter, name someone who will EGOT in your lifetime.
3: Ike Barinholtz.
1: That's beautiful. Top gear or top model?
4: Sadly, I have to say top gear.
1: The clear answer is top chef. But
4: top model taught us about smizing.
1: Pop Rocket. smart takes on everything. Catch us every Friday on Maximum Fun.
0: Time to buy.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Lindsey Kelp and Sean Merrick. This week we are ending the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three slash four count. Sean, around here, the guests go first.
3: What would you like to put over? Hot damn. So I want to put over. The Major Wrestling Figure Podcast is hosted by Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, a.k.a. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. They talk specifically about wrestling action figures, uh, collecting wrestling action figures. So my aesthetic... In general, is just a box of loose action figures at a convention. That's just my aesthetic in general, and <laughs> they kind of do that sort of thing. It's like it's like uh, if you ever see a Deadspin, they have like let's remember some guys. That's pretty much like this podcast of them being like, well, I remember this LJN figure, and it's like, oh, what about this Hasbro wrestling figure? <laughs> it, it, but but it's awesome because it's just that sort of minutiae that they sort of they they get into it. I don't think a lot of people know about this podcast. So you need to check it out and scratch that figure itch and get into it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. All right. Lindsay?
4: I have a very, very respectful and serious video to put over for everyone to enjoy, which was something that was sent to me by a friend. Um, and it's a Japanese game show, so it doesn't make any sense. There's no subtitles. Do not attempt to try and work out what this is. Uh, but ultimately, it's Kotra Bushi appearing on a Japanese game show, which I'm sure we all know they're, they're all bonkers, right? Like, that's just a given sure. that all Japanese game shows are bonkers. Yes. For some reason, he is dressed as what is referred to in the description as a fashion girl and from the neck up he's in like very effective full drag and then from the neck down he's really not making it work but it's a beautiful moment and everyone seems to be having the best time most of all him so in honor of him getting his head kicked clean off his shoulders or elbowed clean off his shoulders and then kicked clean off his shoulders um i feel like we should all just giggle those up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Danielle.
2: <laughs> uh, I am putting over on Instagram, Almas and Zelina Vega posted these series of photos of them dressed up like Team fucking Rocket. And it is the best thing. She's holding a little meowth. They look so good. Have you seen these? No, let me see. Oh my God. Okay, here. <laughs> fully committed. It's yeah, it's, it's, it, is it is on the, Zelina's? Yeah, it's yes. on Zelina's. It is the best thing that I have seen. Um, it made me very, very happy this week. And so no no long putting over. I just wanted to make sure everyone goes and checks that out because it is delightful and your heart will sing.
1: Fantastic. Oh, that's nice. Uh, today is my birthday, the day we're recording this, not the day after. Uh, but I will accept your birthday wishes today uh, when you were listening to this, if it's the day it came out, or any day after. Feel free to wish me happy birthday whenever you want. It is also- the the Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Today is also the birthday of Ruby Riot. We share a birthday together. Mm -hmm. So I'd just like to generally put her over and encourage you to go uh, watch her work, not only in NXT and WWE, but all of her independent work as well. So uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, and I have a birthday wish that I'd like to put out there while I'm at it. Somebody pointed out that Matt Riddle, in a recent interview, is wearing a Venture Brothers t-shirt, which means he's a fan of the show. And I am a cast member on the Venture Brothers. So if you are listening to this show... And you have a line to Matt Riddle. Hook me up, bro. Hook me up. <laughs>
2: Wear shoes when you come in the studio. Yeah. Or don't. No
1: rules here. Look, <laughs> what you do at the podiatrist after you're here is none my business. Yeah,
2: that was more for you, bud. That wasn't for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford, Lindsay Kelk, and Sean Marrick, along with me, Hal Lublin. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I know you have a couple things you want to plug out there and also tell our listeners where to find your work.
3: And yeah, okay, so real quick, I'm going to power through this. Uh, Worst Collection Ever is a podcast I do with my wife, Jen Stansfield-Merrick. We talk about our comic book collection that is pretty pitiful, and we just rip on comics, and we have a lot of fun. Also, I Could Talk Kayfabe is my podcast I do with Joe Todaro. It is a it's currently on some sort of hiatus because I no longer live in Los Angeles, but uh, we're going to to bring it back soon. But right now, there are episodes on there where we basically, for the past couple of pretty much the majority of those episodes, we just talk about after magazines from 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's a lot of fun. Also, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die uh, is uh, – uh, a friend of mine and he posted recently on his social media that uh some brother some friends of his that he wrestles with because he's also a wrestler they were recently in a car accident and they can use some help so it's they set up a GoFundMe for them uh if you look up buffalo brothers and go fund me you'll see that's the first thing that comes up uh please give them some help and uh, also uh i didn't mention this but I produce podcasts as well, in addition to hosting them. And I produce shows for Steve Austin, Killing the Town, you know, a few of those guys. And uh, you should definitely check those out. Steve's currently on hiatus, so I'm front-selling uh, classic episodes of his and doing a little bit of uh, This Day in Steve Austin history on those shows. And my Instagram and Twitter is at Angry Hero, Sean, S-H-A-W-N is how you spell Sean. Please follow me over there for things about comic books, cats, and pro wrestling and retro video games. Oh, okay, real quick. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to throw something in there. But I want to put Tights and Fights over real quick uh, as one of the best wrestling shows that people need to find out about. My wife, Jen, is not a pro wrestling fan. She gets into it by listening to this podcast, oh. especially when you guys talk about like wrestler penises and uh, <laughs>
2: you
4: know, uh, a specialty.
3: Ben Balor come out and she'll be like, "Oh my god, look at that!" And then she'll be like, a couple days later, she'll be like, "Oh, what does Danielle think about this?" You know, and so <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Pro, yeah, you know, you guys are deserve all the success you success you get and more, and uh I, I really. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just really appreciate you guys doing your thing. Thank you. We, we appreciate that.
2: Thank you. Uh, That's it, so sweet. Thank you. Why don't you say nice things about me like that, Hal?
1: It's my birthday. <laughs> oh, Danielle.
4: <laughs> For once.
1: <laughs> By the way, because it's my birthday, I implore you: if you are uh, a a, uh, a member of the nation who is in the Bay Area, I'm going to be there next weekend. That is uh, Friday, January 18th, and Saturday, January 19th, doing shows at 10 p.m. each night. Friday night is the uh, Work Juice Players Improv. All my buddies from Thrilling Adventure Hour and I doing some long-form improv with our guest monologist, Busy Phillips. Watch Busy Tonight, for goodness sakes. (gasps) What's with you? Then the next night, uh, Mark Gagliardi and I will be doing our other Max Fun podcast. We got this with Mark and Hal with our special guest. Original, not ready for primetime player, Lorraine Newman will be joining
2: no us. No fucking way. Yes fucking way. Dude, that's awesome. You can
1: get tickets at sfsketchfest.com. Go do it. What, it, what are you waiting for? What do you, I'll talk wrestling with you afterwards. Of course. Of course I will.
2: Why aren't you on The Good Place yet? I don't know. We gotta work on it.
1: I don't know. Jackson I mean, do is my <laughs> neighbor. yeah. He's, he's a good friend, a neighbor, I don't know. If you look, Here, here's the other thing I want for my birthday. If you're out there and you, uh, if you listen to the show and you cast The Good Place, I'm available and a huge fan.
2: I'm also... A, I can be on I'll set. do you right. <laughs> it's my birthday, Danielle. <laughs> Sorry, no, just cast out. It's just my out. birthday. It's just, they're all your friends. I don't know. Get on that show. Find a way.
1: Uh, how about how about uh, Lindsay? Lindsay, what the fuck's going on?
4: <laughs> oh, that's me. I've written another 17 books. Um, please buy them. You can find all the information on lindsaykelk.com or on my social medias at lindsaykelk. I'm there when I'm not writing 27 books a day. So come chat with me that's it
2: Danielle Um, as per usual you can find me on Patreon I am on Screen Jinkies if this comes out uh, tomorrow then you know I'll be doing movie fights I am also always looking for work so please hire me I'm poor I need to pay my rent okay bye love you
1: <laughs> producer Julian Burrell will roll with tide win lose draw or blow out <laughs> uh, what, a, what a good fan you are Julian and by the way <laughs> just for just for my birthday can I get a flex real quick let me just see the bicep. Damn! Sorry, you're going to have to replace so that shirt now. Uh, one more <laughs> gift I want for my birthday is for this Sunday, the Eagles to upset the New Orleans Saints and then win two more games. Uh, and for the Cowboys to lose the in the worst possible way.
2: Is that Super Bowl math? Yeah, Super Bowl math.
1: <laughs> this is Super Bowl math. We're not here to create no path. We're just here to do Super Bowl math.
3: <laughs> Senior producer
1: at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagles, the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. We love you, Mike. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share us with all your friends. Thank you so much. A little extra thank you to the Max Fun members who have a portion of their recurring monthly contribution come to, to our uh, doorstep and in our little bank account and keep the lights on when we're here in the studio. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it. wrestling.
0: Maximum org.
2: comedy and culture artist owned
3: listener supported.